Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This morning. Thank you for the praises of your people coming out. Lord, we thank you for these three young people going into the waters of baptism today. We pray that you would bless them. And Lord, that you would remind them of this commitment for many years to come. We're excited, Lord, to hear that and to watch them continue to grow. Lord, as a people, we ask that you would continue to guide us and strengthen us and encourage us. Move us in the direction you would have us to move. Give us patience and perseverance. Remind us, Lord, of all those others who are serving throughout the world. Sending your word sharing your word to those who need it. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, may we be reminded of the love you have for each one of us. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And you may run if you're our children. I wanted Lou to be okay with running. <laughs> He's in a hurry. He's got to get there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you'd be stuck. <laughs> so I wanted to remind you, uh, if you didn't remember that, I, and we remember last night as we were in bed, that Thanksgiving is this Thursday. I just wanted to let you know that. Uh, we're laying in bed, I'm like, I think it's this week. <laughs> Amy says, yeah, I think it is this week, so um, you'll be pre- preparing to sit around the table, and you may remember, uh, one of my parents aren't here, so I can pick on them. Um, they always used to make us tell, them, tell us what we were thankful for before we could eat, before we would say the blessing. It was like, all right, everyone has to go around the table and tell us this year I am thankful for. So here you, here's your chance. What are you thankful for? Mic drop. Snow. Snow. Yeah, well, I heard a rumor that it's doing a little of that right now. Amanda? Church family. Well, that's two out of a hundred. Dale? Yeah, I was thinking about that. It doesn't get much better, does it? I, I, I didn't know. I just got into the club about a year and a half ago. But uh, what I've realized is that it only gets better. Like ours is on, on Zoom, you know, or... Uh, Facebook Live, but we realized this week over Zoom and or uh, Facebook in this week, and she finally has figured she's like 19, 20 months, I don't know, and she's finally figured out that we're on the other end of the com- screen, and so it's more than just a screen in front of her. And she's like, "Hey!" and she's starting to talk, and she's uh, she loves our dogs, so uh, yeah, grandparenting is good stuff. Somebody else, one second, Brian. Someone else was down here. I didn't, I missed it. Karen. Amen. I like him too. He's all right. <laughs> Janet? Amen. Brian? Amen. Thank you. 
Gift of life. Thank you. We're going to talk about that. Steve? <laughs> and and if she didn't you would you would make sure right <laughs> i'll be sure to call her after church and ask <laughs> to see if you're lying in church or not <laughs> michelle amen amen yeah if you didn't hear that Michelle's thankful for COVID because uh, she's learned a lot that she wouldn't have learned otherwise. I, I agree with you. Uh, in some ways, we have to find the silver lining in something difficult. Anything else? Amen. Julie? Amen. Amen. Well, that's ridiculously. I wouldn't be thankful for me. <laughs> Anyone else? Amen. God's sovereignty. Amen. Amen. Dan? Are you pinch hitting today? Thank you, sir. I didn't know that, but I was going to be trying to figure that out when we got done here. Thank you. <laughs> you solved one of my problems. <laughs> I'm thankful for Dan because he's, <laughs> he's pinch hitting today. Anyone else? Retha? Amen. Amen. Thankful to be here. I want to share with you a couple things that uh, maybe you haven't even uh, thought about in 2020 uh, to be thankful for. Um, as I was, re I have been, I've, uh, just so you know, I've spent probably, this is not an understatement, I spent 60 hours the first week in a tree, probably another 20 to 30. So close to 100 hours I've been in a tree in the last two weeks. Um, so I'm beginning to look like a squirrel and Scratching myself weird and those things. But I've had a lot of time to reflect. And, uh, you know, this year has been one of those, one of those years where uh, ministry has looked uh, in a lot of ways different. Uh, and yet, and yet, we have a lot to be thankful for. Connie, how many did you, baskets did you end up counting? That's awesome. She was counting when we left. And we had to leave because she couldn't. They were in boxes, they were in piles, and she's like, I got to do this when no one's here. So, so I never got a 226 Operation Christmas Child boxes were packed from Greenfield this year. That's amazing to me. We were here preparing, the, taking the 10 turkeys that uh, were voluntarily uh, given and cooked to go down to the community of Caring where we, we fed uh, 80 people on Wednesday. Um, and four new people went to community caring this year. Um, that's exciting to me. We had to do it some, some different. Uh, that was, it was interesting. Um, COC, uh, community caring, the blankets. Uh, I don't know if you know or if you realize how much was out there before. Uh, Dave and Carrie barely got everything in their truck. And in their back seat of their truck, it was full to the top. 
Um, and when we went to Community Caring, they were very thankful because everyone who comes into the shelter gets a blanket. Um, and they go through no less than 150 to 200 blankets a year. Um, just because when you get a blanket, it's yours. If you leave the shelter, you take it with you. Uh, and then they, they are constantly going through blankets. Um, something I didn't know until this year, uh, I was pretty excited. We don't know how many we gave because two or three or four were in some bags, and it, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Uh, but we know this, we, we gave a bunch of blankets. That was exciting. I don't know if you noticed this morning, you would have noticed it would hadn't. The lights are still on. Did you notice that? Did you notice you're not in your, your uh, snowsuit this morning? Because the heat is still on. God has been faithful to us this year. Don't forget that. It's warm. We even got a new heater in the narthex. Cranking heat. I was cranking it up this morning to get it to warm in there for you. Um, you may not remember this or think about this. The Smiths, uh, Brian and Lett Smiths, missionaries to the Dominican Republic are back in the field. They went two or three weeks ago um, on a new assignment. God is working. We have Armstrong Internet. That may sound silly to a lot of you until you've used our other Internet. <laughs> We're actually able to do things these days that we couldn't do before. Yeah, not all of Greenfield. Yes, right, yeah. Or Northeast, right. They're working on it, though. Oh. <laughs> if you haven't been in the gym, the, the, the trustees have done a great job of refinishing the gym floor, and it looks awesome. I found out that God's people have tenacity, and although things haven't been smooth, you have persevered. What Michelle was talking about, we learned something about ourselves this year. It may not have come at a, an easy cost. It may not have been comfortable. We may have bounced and bumped each other a few times in the things we've said and done. And yet, we're still here together. We've learned new ways and new ways to do things. And we can shout with joy that we are thankful that God is still working in our lives. Today's my buddy Daryl's birthday. How much better does it get? If you don't know Daryl or you haven't talked to him, you need to get... He's kind of a quiet guy. Until you get to know him, huh, Daryl? But he's a lover of cheeseburgers, and he's... I'm pretty excited that it's his birthday today. We've been looking at the Psalms, and this is the last installment of the Psalms. And the psalm we are looking at today is all about worshiping. And I probably should like figure out where I'm at, so sorry. That's what happens when you're off for two weeks. You get confused. There you go. Now I'm all right. I'm thankful that God has created me. I want you to think about that for a moment. Chris made mention to that. Do you realize that you're breathing air? You're alive, you're awake, and aware because God has allowed for you to be here this morning. And it's not by coincidence that you are here. The scripture, the verse says, It is He who made us, and we are His. That's in verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. 
I'm going to read you a passage because to me it's one of the more powerful psalms uh, in Scripture that reminds me that God created me, one, just the way I am, two, because He loves me and He knows me intimately. And I'm just going to jump around a little bit. First, uh, this is Psalm 139. If you're, if you're feeling bad about life today, or you're feeling bad about where you're at in life today, I encourage you to go home and read Psalm 139 and read it over and over and over and over. Because I've not found a more intimate scripture that reminds me just how much God loves me. It says, you know when I sit and rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You, know, you are familiar with all my ways. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. I'm lost now. That's okay. I want to read uh, verse 7 through 9. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Verses 13 through 16. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hear that, people. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Think about that for a moment. Before, while you were, as the, uh, you may remember this uh, comment, a twinkle in your mother's eye. God knew all about your life. Every single day. Every single moment. I'm so far behind, I'm lost. I think we understand it best when we see a brand new baby for the very first time. When one of our children are born, we remember those moments as this amazing miracle that God has created. So amazing. And we know that in an instant it can all be gone. It's an amazing miracle that we recognize even in death. Because we realize that time is so valuable. Our time in life is valuable. Time spent with others is valuable. That's where we recognize that this miracle of God creating us is so powerful. When we understand that God has brought us from the depths, the dust of the ground. I'm always intrigued by... Uh, by something as what we think would be as simple as a seed. Do you know what, anybody know what those are? Soybean seeds. I was in a field yesterday and as I was walking along, I could see they had picked the field. And so there was a lot of, in a, a combine doesn't, 
get all the seeds. So there's lots of seeds left on the ground. And I was walking by, I was like, man, that's a pile there, and there's a pile there. And, there's a... and I got to thinking about seeds. I don't know if you know this, but scientists aren't really creators like we would think they would be creators. They're actually really good recyclers. They take what we have, and they adjust it, right? They make something out of it. But they didn't start with nothing. They didn't start with just a little chunk of mud and make some magical, mystical being or creation from it. Now that was saved for God. He took mud, as Genesis uh, chapter 2 tells us. The Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. God breathed a breath of life into each one of us. And we became living beings. Took mud, dust, and somehow created us from that. We should worship God because we are created in His image. Second, we need to be thankful because we are His. I, I decided to put this in the first person, I am His. The scripture says, we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Maybe you don't like being a sheep. I don't know if you're, what you're thinking about that idea. Um, sheep have a tendency to be considered stupid, so it might be a little more fitting than we'd like, Right? Yeah. <laughs> we are the sheep of his pasture. We are his people if we are believers in Christ. Paid in full. I don't know if you can see the side of that. Uh, the thorns are what's holding that paid in full. I like that picture. Paid in full. Our bodies in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, 19 and 20 says... Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We were bought. Bought at a price that cost Jesus his life. And if you're a believer in Christ, your sins are paid in full. So what is our response? How do we worship? How do we worship God knowing full well that our debt has been paid? Do we go about our business doing our normal thing, acting like no one has paid our debt? Or rather, do we live a life maybe a little bit differently? I want to read you uh, just real quick from, you may not like I like the book, The Message. It's a, it's a paraphrase, which is one man's understanding or reading of Scripture and then re, kind of rehashed. I would not use a paraphrase to study out of, but I think for commentaries purposes, I think it works. Eugene Peterson does a nice job helping us understand how we should respond. Maybe I should shift the gear there. there. And that's really small, sorry. 
But here's what Eugene Peterson says in, out of the commentary for Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It says, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Do not become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Then you will be changed from the inside out. Instead, fix your attention on God. Then you'll be changed from the inside out. We were bought at a price. We are His, and we have a responsibility to, uh, to fix our attention on Him. And to live a little bit differently, or a lot a bit differently, than we originally were. We were created... Oh, sorry, I'm in the wrong one. No, I'm not. I'm in the, I'm in the wrong area, but I, we were created in the image of God. Have you ever thought about what it looks like to be the image of God and what that means? It's a great theological question. How were we created in the image of God? And if you're going to think about your Christian faith in a mature way, you need to understand and to think about how was I created in the image of God? Because I don't look like Kenny. I don't look like Veronica. I don't look like any of you. And yet I was created in the image of God. And if you're a believer in Christ, you were created in the image of God. So how is it that we look like God? What? Oh, Lee. I think he went to school or something. It's a nice big theological question. One that you probably should spend some time thinking about. What is it that makes us like God? What is it that is that Imago Dei, that image bearer of Christ? I don't know about you, but maybe, this might be hard to hear, maybe God didn't do it all right. If I were building a universe, let's just say for a second if I'm building a universe, we're going to call it Dan's Universe. Yeah, we're already in trouble. Just want, I just want you to know. <laughs> we're already in trouble. <laughs> it's already a mess because I'm creating it. <laughs> and if you know much about me, I'm a mess. But if I were creating a universe, the first thing I would do is have all kinds of subjects, right, peoples. And if I'm creating them in my image, I'm going to make sure they follow my rules and that they like my rules. And that they do what I tell them to do, per se, maybe like robots, right? Because I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't need any extra people in my universe who don't do what I want them to do, right? So you got to ask yourself, when God created the universe, why, 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 why would he allow us to have our own minds, to think, to walk the earth, to walk away. 
Why would God allow that to happen in this world? Because on the surface, it seems like that's a no-win proposition. Right? On the surface. On the, on, maybe not on the surface, though. On the surface, I need followers, right? I need soldiers, people who are going to follow me in Dan's universe. He didn't need us. But what he did have was a want and a desire for relationship. He wanted to have people who loved and who loved him. And so when he created this world, he gave us an option, an opportunity to, to, to walk with him or walk away from him. And that's kind of hard for me to fathom in my little universe because that's not what I would do. But I believe that's where the image of God comes in to play. We are created in this image of God who desires a relationship with us. And He has created in us a desire to have a relationship with others and with Him. Very rarely will you find, once in a while, you'll find people who don't want to have relationships, who don't want to be with people, who don't want to join in in any groups. For the most part, though, most people like relationships of some sort. In fact, some people will go to extremes to keep relationships, i.e., I lost my girlfriend, and what am I doing two days later? I'm finding another one. I broke that relationship. I'm going to go into another one. And we go from relationship, 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 right? That, that happens. Very rarely do you find people, and I, and I would challenge you to think about this, very rarely do you find people who don't want relationships at all. And here's what I have found in those people. People who struggle with relationships is not because they don't want relationships. It's because they've been burned in relationships. Because I believe that built into us, into our very being, is this desire to be in community, to be together. Because life is so much better when we're with another. And I believe that's where we, we reflect God's image. He created a universe where he wanted connects. Love, if you will. And he allows for us free will, which is challenging. <laughs> I don't know about you, but free will causes a lot of, a lot of headache for, for God himself. I want to leave you with this final uh, part of this passage. Verse uh, 5. It says, For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Do you realize that we will be, if you're a believer in Christ, you will be worshiping Him forever. Forever. Eternity is one of those things. I tried to find a good illustration of eternity. There aren't many of them. It's, just, it's hard. I read a, a great commentary that says, finding an illustration for eternity is challenging because it's outside the bounds of time and we're trying to put it in the bounds of time. And so that doesn't work very well. 
Forever is a long time. His love continues forever. He has no end. Solomon in his wisdom, uh, you may have, if you've ever read, if you want to be depressed, read Ecclesiastes. It's kind of a downer. guy by the name of Solomon, you may have heard of him, asked God for wisdom. God makes him the wisest man on earth. and Some would challenge that. He had 300 wives and 700 concubines, so that means 1,000 women. And I'm thinking that's not wise at all, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to remember which lie was being... No, just... (laughs) Solomon gets to the, towards the end of his life and he begins to reflect on what's happened. And that's what happens in Ecclesiastes. And he really just chases after um, the most of anything anyone could ever want to have. Uh, just as a side note, those, a lot of those women were political um, game pieces, just so you understand how that worked back then. If, if I brought in someone else's daughter to my, uh, my kingdom, that guy was a whole lot less likely to attack me and um, try to kill me because his daughter was also in the... So there was a, a lot of political pieces in there. But all that being said, Solomon went and wrote a book about all the things he tried to, to fulfill his life. And you can just go to the end of Ecclesiastes because that to me is where... It, makes the most sense. And this is, where, this is what he says. He says, in the end of all this, in the end of all the matters, it's this. Fear God and keep his commandments. And everything else is extra. So I, I'll save you from reading Ecclesiastes. You don't have to read it. Just go to the last verse. Ecclesiastes uh, 12, 13. Or you can read the last chapter if you'd like. Solomon realizes, recognizes, and he comes to this point. Now remember, he's the wisest, uh, smartest guy, wisest guy, uh, Scripture calls him. He comes to this recognition that you need to fear God and keep his commandments. What are those commandments? It's not on here. This is extra. We're We're in overtime, right, Bobby? Double overtime, we're headed. Triple. What are God's commandments? What's the other one? Love your neighbor. Did you hear that? Love the Lord your God with all your... What? Heart, mind, soul, and strength. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what was it, Ken? Love your neighbor as yourself. We got a whole Bible full of stuff, and those are the two things that uh, if we would hang on to and hang on to with all our uh, our time, energy, and boy, would we be better, doing better. So as we close, I just want to encourage you that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't understand what that means, if you're like, I, I don't even know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty hopeless about life at this point. I have hope in spite of what's going on in the world. That Jesus gives us eternity, an eternal standing with, with God himself. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we are here this afternoon, this morning, Lord, encouraged by your word, reminded, Lord, that 
you are still in control, that you have created us uh, humans, uh, and Lord, that you love us so. That you would send your son Jesus to live a perfect life that we might find eternity by loving you with all our heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And loving our neighbors as ourselves. Two very simple, simple ideas. And yet so hard to follow through. Lord God, I ask that you would guide our moments um, even today as we interact with others. Lord, as we go home about this week that um, we would spend time in uh, Thanksgiving, whoever we spend it with, where, how, Lord. Um, for some of us, that's in limbo. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would guide our thoughts, our cares, and our concerns. That on, that on Thanksgiving, that we would find ways to be thankful. That even if we're alone, we would recognize that we can be thankful for the God that you are. And the way that you have continued to protect us. In your name we pray. Amen.